Okay. Hi, everyone. Um, as Matt said, my name is Shirley, and I am part of the teaching team here at ECV. Um, and as Matt said, I'll be continuing our sermon series, um, which is called Near and Far, an Advent series. And as Matt said, Advent means coming or arrival. And so during this Advent season, we remember the story of anticipation, and we wait in our own ways for the coming birth of Jesus Christ. And so as we start, how is everyone feeling this Advent season? Have you all been feeling the Christmas spirit? Or have you been feeling the Christmas blues? I'm actually not a huge holiday person in general, but this year I've actually been getting really excited for the holidays. Um, I think it's a combination of, I went to the New Haven Christmas tree lighting on the green on Thursday for the first time in my nine years in New Haven. In the past, I've actually tabled at the corner of FSUMC, but I've never made it over to the tree. So this is my first time. And then on Friday night, the Crosmans hosted a worship and prayer night, and we sang a few Christmas hymns to close. That also got me in the spirit. And then the past two Saturdays, I've been waking up to the New York Times morning newsletter, which has been titled Holiday Rituals. And the author of that newsletter reminds us that we all riff in one way or another, creating our own versions of a meaningful season. And yesterday, the dreariness of yesterday actually made me really yearn for and lean into the comfort and the coziness that we can find in this season if we're a little creative. And so today, and this Advent season, as we go through the Christmas story, one that we tell again and again and again at this time every year for centuries, I hope that you are swept up in the passion of the story, as Patrick described gospel writer Matthew being last week. I hope each of you receives the comfort and the power of the Christmas story that we tell again and again and again with the creativity of the Holy Spirit, breathing new life into it every year. And so let me pray for us as we begin. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are with us. Thank you that you have been with us. And so just continue to breathe within us, breathe on us, help us become aware of your breath and your presence that is as close as the breath in our lungs. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So last week, um, Patrick talked about the story of Joseph and how his heart was affected by the nearness and farness of God. And so today we're gonna move out a little bit farther from the good news affecting our hearts to the good news affecting our relationships, the good news in our connections to one another, the good news between us, and how we need those connections and those relationships to be who we are meant to be and to do what we are meant to do. And so this week, we'll pick up the story in Luke 1. So um, you can follow along on the screen or in your own Bibles or your own Fivels. Um, we'll be reading a lot of scripture today and just listening to the story. And so also feel free to just sit 
and listen. So starting in verse 5. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now while Zechariah was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, And fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. We'll skip ahead. Verse 24. After these days, his wife, Elizabeth, conceived... And for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. So Elizabeth conceived John, and for five months she is at home, it says, keeping herself hidden, holding this miracle to herself and Zechariah, remembering to herself Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? So Mary doesn't say, that's impossible. She asks, how will this be? Have you ever found yourself asking, how will this be? When you want to believe in something, but don't know how, During my job search this past summer, 
I wanted to believe that I would get a job, but I was applying and not hearing back, and I didn't know how I was gonna get there. I was asking, how will this be? And now I've started the new job, so obviously it came to pass the promise that God had given me, the thing that I was believing in. But these days I still find myself asking, how will this be? How do I do this? How do I manage this stress? How do I work, how do I work on this sermon at the same time? How do I get to know my coworkers? How will this job be? I think how is our response to uncertainty. We want to believe in something and we don't know how. It's also just the truth of our limitedness. We don't know how. Maybe you find yourself asking, how will this be? For justice, how will this be? For a way through a hard season, how will this be? For a promise you are holding on to, how will this be? Mary again says, she doesn't say, this is impossible. She leaves open that possibility, leaves room for that curiosity and that bit of faith that this might just be possible. I want to believe and I don't know how. Angel, how will this be? And this is how the angel answers her how question. The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Which I don't know, to me, that's not much of an answer. At least not one that I really understand. What does it really mean that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you? I looked into it using the good old usual Bible dictionary and it does mean, in other words, to be enveloped in a haze of brilliancy, which is not that much more helpful, <laughs> though it is beautiful. What does it mean to be enveloped in a haze of brilliancy? What does it mean for the Holy Spirit to work through us? The next thing that Angel Gabriel says is, and behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Mary hears this and she says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So it's these two things Mary moves forward with the Holy Spirit and with the story of Elizabeth, her relative who had gone before us. And she had her next step, connection. It says in verse 39, in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. 
And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary responds, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant, for behold, now all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months and then returned to her home. So sometimes we are people who want to believe in something but don't know how it will come to pass. We are people who ask, how will this be? We are people who need help. And in the season of Advent, we remember a God who didn't need help, but chose to be helped. A God who chose to be born as a baby, helped by a mother, Mary, who was helped by her cousin, Elizabeth. We celebrate this savior who didn't need help, but chose to be helped. When Mary asks the angel, how will this be? The angel tells her of the Holy Spirit's help, but also tells her about Elizabeth. I think the angel invites her to receive help through connection. We are people who need connection. And Mary could have heard that story and said, okay, and gone her own way. But she arises and goes with haste to be with Elizabeth, to receive embodied connection, the nearness of God through another person. And it wasn't easy for her to receive that connection That journey wasn't a quick phone call or a quick text, though to be honest, asking for help over text doesn't always feel that easy either. But for Mary, her journey was around 100 miles and with elevation, probably took her around a week in tough terrain and a hazardous route for her to get there. She could have turned around at any point, but she didn't. It was worth it for her to visit Elizabeth. And it was worth it for both of them. 
It says, she entered the house of Zachariah, Mary, and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I think this could have been the first time that Elizabeth felt John kick. I looked it up, though I could have asked so many people within our congregation, but apparently, sorry for the rustling, you can feel a baby kick usually between 16 to 25 weeks of pregnancy. And with your first pregnancy, it's usually closer to 25 weeks. And that is six months. Sorry, I'm gonna try to feel this. With your first pregnancy, that is closer to 25 weeks and six months. And this is the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. And this is also the first time that someone was encountering the miracle that Elizabeth had been holding to her, that had been holding to her and Zachariah. The first time that someone else was encountering the honor that God was growing within her. Because for five months, it had just been Elizabeth and Zachariah holding this miracle to themselves until Mary walks in that door and bears witness. The first time that someone saw that honor that was growing within Elizabeth. In Elizabeth receiving that connection, the joy of Mary coming to her for help, that's when her own baby leaps, when she receives the Holy Spirit, and when she pours out in return joy and blessing to Mary. When Elizabeth receives connection, she blesses Mary and says, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Blessed are you, and blessed is what God is doing in you. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Blessed are you who believe what God has spoken to you. And after receiving these words of blessing, blessed are you, blessed what God is doing in you, blessed are you who believe, she goes from, how will this be, to someone who says, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Mary goes from being greatly troubled and discerning, O favored one, the Lord is with you, and being afraid, to from behold, for behold, from now all generations will call me blessed. And she goes from how will this be to prophesying. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. We are people who need connection. We need connection to be who we are meant to be to do what we are meant to do. We need connection that blesses and affirms, blessed are you, blessed what God is doing in you, and blessed are you to believe that. We need this connection to birth good news into the world. Mary went to spend her first three months with Elizabeth, receiving the knowledge of someone who had been through something similar to this for six months longer than she had been. In response to her question, how will this be? She could ask Elizabeth, what did you do in the first trimester? 
What did you do when you got sick? What about this? What about this? And Elizabeth could remind her throughout that process, blessed are you, blessed is what God is doing in you, and blessed are you to believe it. So Mary's experience of receiving help and asking for help wasn't just the Holy Spirit enveloping her in a haze of brilliancy. It was also of her cousin Elizabeth living day by day with her for her first three months. In our connection, we experience the nearness and the farness that Patrick was talking about last week. In connection, we receive the nearness of God's love embodied in this person across from us. The person right there, the person a text away. And in our connection, we are reminded of farness. The farness of a God who connects us to the person or the, per- the people that we need help from. It was Angel Gabriel who told Mary, look, your cousin Elizabeth is there. It is the farness of a God who gives us help from angels, the Holy Spirit, and to our own cousin who shows us the way. So, may this be an Advent season of connection. Connections that help you to be who you are meant to be and to do what you are meant to do. Connection where you can bless someone to be who they are meant to be and to do what they are meant to do. May it be a season of connection. I'm going to invite the worship team up as we close. So we're going to close with an invitation and some time to respond. So this season, the invitation is simple. Ask God for a connection, for connections. If there's something in which you have already been asking, how will this be? It could be in your job, in your relational life, in your finances. Ask God for a connection for someone who can be with you in that, for someone who can answer questions, who can bless you. If there isn't something that comes to mind, maybe you can be Elizabeth to someone and someone like Mary will show up at your house and you can be someone who blesses. So watch for someone that you can connect with and say, blessed are you too. Someone who you can say, blessed is what God is doing in you. Blessed are you to believe. For me, in my new job these days, it is the moments of connection with God and my coworkers that have been the joy moments in my joy journal. It has been 
when in those moments of connection, when the anxiety of how will this be quiets. And I am connected and I get to learn from God and from them. It has been in these moments of connection, of receiving a blessing my first week, when my supervisor told me, great first week. And it has been in the moments of connection when I get to bless those around me, when I tell my coworker how great she is at her job and how much I have to learn from her. So may this be a season of connection for you. And let me pray for us. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are always connected to us and you connect us to one another. I pray that in our time together for the rest of this service, would we receive connection from you? Would we receive maybe ideas or names or images or faces of people that come to our mind who we can be connected to this season? But also, may you just grow in us anticipation of connection this season. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.